0: Welcome in to the Bear Down podcast right here on the ESPN Chicago app. I'm Adam Abdallah. Follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah, usually with Chris Bleck. You can hear us weeknights, 6 p.m. on ESPN Chicago. The Bear Down podcast comes to you every Tuesday and Thursday, bringing you game previews, talking about the week. We give you access to what's going on at Hallis Hall. We hear from the coaches. It is your place to go for Up to the minute Bears information coming to you every Tuesday and Thursday. It is game week. We are finally here. The Bears play the 49ers on the lakefront in just a few days. So to preview the 49ers, we talked to one of our friends, Dieter Kurtenbach. He covers the 49ers for the Mercury News, the Bay Area News Group, and you can hear him on KNBR. And we started our conversation by asking him, Jimmy Garoppolo was the starter, and now he's the backup. He took a pay cut. Trey Lance was the backup, and now he's the starter. How did we get here, just a few days away from the Bears and 49ers opening up the NFL season?
1: Uh, The very short answer, and it's not even that short, is that the 49ers have overvalued Jimmy Garoppolo since the second they traded for him and given a second-round pick to the New England Patriots. Then they made him the highest-paid player in the NFL, and honestly, he just hadn't improved. He hadn't been the peak for Jimmy Garoppolo. There were some games in 2019, yes, when the team went to the Super Bowl, but the peak for Garoppolo could be argued that it was 2017 when they first acquired him, and he played the final five games of the season. The Niners go 5-0, and and it felt like they had a little something going at the end of Kyle Shanahan's first year. Uh, and that the Niners value Jimmy Garoppolo clearly far more than any other team in the NFL valued him and I have it on good authority that Jimmy Garoppolo had he been released by the 49ers, which is something they didn't want to do was going to sit on the market for a while, That the other teams in the NFL looking at Garoppolo uh, they needed to kind of go through the motions with their quarterbacks, whether that be a Geno Smith or a Drew Locke in Seattle or a, uh, I keep wanting to say Deshaun Kaiser, uh, but it's, it's not Deshaun Kaiser, <laughs> it's, uh, it's Jacoby Brissett in, in Cleveland. Like you have to, You have to go through the motions after you go through training camp after you keep telling your team this is our guy uh you can't just bring in a new guy right before the start of the season and say actually we were lying the whole time about this guy being our guy this guy is now our guy not a good start to the season so uh jimmy looked at the marketplace saw that there was clearly no trade for for him he uh he looked at the free agent market and and the teams that he thought hey maybe they'll sign me and there was not really a market developing for him there and the 49ers said We'll keep you around. We could use a backup. We want to cut Nate Sudfeld. Uh, and so they ended up uh, signing him to a deal that I don't think he would have been able to get on the open market, around $9 million with incentives that can knock it up to about 16, 17 if he plays a whole bunch of games. Now, the argument about all of that is what does it say about Trey Lance? Legitimately, I, I, I can see how people read into it. I don't want to chastise people for reading into that. It's a fair consideration because Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, is inarguably a very capable backup and probably should be a starter in this league. But I think it says more about Nate Sudfeld. I think it says more about the injury proneness of a Trey Lance than it says about their confidence that he's going to be their guy, not just this season, but long-term as well. So uh, it's a little messy. It's a little strange. And once the games get started, I, I think the 49ers are confident that it will just become normal and not weird. And we'll see if that actually happens or not. I know that if the 49ers lose to the bears here in week one, uh, it's about to get a lot weirder. And if they win and Trey Lance looks great, uh, it gets a little less weird.
0: I feel like it goes back to when Jimmy was with the Patriots and kind of like Jordan love with the Packers. Like there's a lot Mm -hmm. more value in the unknown than finally knowing what you have. Right.
1: Entirely. And I, I mean, let's push it a step further. Right. Like, Kyle Shanahan, Trey Lance has not been his first choice. Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't his first choice. Uh, When Kyle Shanahan showed up here in San Francisco in 2017, he put in Brian Hoyer as the starter with C.J. Beathard as the backup because he was hell-bent on going out and getting a Kirk Cousins in free agency. And then Jimmy Garoppolo was offered to him. The season had just been terrible. They had one win on the year by the time they traded for Garoppolo, and Shanahan panicked a little bit. and He took Garoppolo. He took He took what was being offered to him by Bill Belichick, which just sounds stupid in retrospect. Uh, You're never going to win a trade with Bill Belichick. And so uh, he took that. And then you think to Trey Lance, you say, okay, well they traded three first round picks to move up to number three. And there's been some talk that, oh, they were actually in on Mac Jones. The truth is when they traded up to number three, they didn't know who they were going to take. Had Zach Wilson been there at three, they would have taken him. They considered Justin Fields. They certainly considered Mac Jones. They landed on Lance. But the first choice for Kyle Shanahan that offseason, after they made the decision that they really couldn't roll with Jimmy any longer, was to go get Matt Stafford. But Matt Stafford had a meeting with Sean McVay in Cabo San Lucas the day before he was supposed to meet with Kyle Shanahan in Cabo San Lucas. And the Rams sealed the deal, and we saw what happened with the Rams. So Kyle Shanahan, he, he maybe has overthought it or underthought I don't know what it is, but both of the guys that he's had at his disposal is the clear-cut number ones, Trey Lance now, Jimmy Garoppolo before, they were sort of just uh, the guys that he had to get via circumstance. It wasn't really his first choices. And I do think that that informs a lot of the situations at hand, that Kyle Shanahan has just never really been gung-ho about either of these dudes. These are uh, means to an end, and it's been pretty good ends for the 49ers under Kyle Shanahan. So maybe it's all going to work out in the long run, but still strange nevertheless.
0: Talking 49ers with Dieter Kurtenbach of the Mercury News. You can follow him on Twitter, at Dieter. So how long is Trey Lance's leash? It's obviously longer than one game against the Bears, but (laughs) if he does struggle, because here in Chicago, we're talking about a quarterback that, you know, he started two games last year, and then he didn't Mm -hmm. play football the year before that. They had a Mm -hmm. showcase game that he wasn't very good in, but basically that season was wiped out by COVID. And so Bears fans' mentality here is, Okay, well, we might be getting the 49ers at the right time because you have a quarterback mm-hmm. who's starting, who is named the starter for the first time in his NFL career, and he's young. And by NFL experience, Justin Fields has more experience than he does. Now, it's a new offense here, but how long is right. that leash for Trey Lance?
1: Well, it's a, fair, it's a fair assessment by Bears fans there. Uh, I think that they—you know, you're better off playing the 49ers early with what I think is going to be a pretty new offense for the 49ers as well. An offensive line that is entering the season without an ounce of gel between all of them. They got Trent Williams on one side, and after that, it's a total crapshoot. Um, this is the time to play. The San Francisco 49ers, and if the 49ers come out and do what the bookmakers expect them to do and win by a touchdown, that indicates just how formidable the Niners are as a Super Bowl contender, as an NFC contender at the end of the year, because they should get better as they progress throughout this season. But uh, it's it's fair to question Lance. It's fair to wonder what the hell he's going to bring to the table. I, I no one knows. I, I think that. The spectrum for Trey Lance is is never-ending. It's infinity. He could be absolutely horrendous, or he could go out and win MVP the way that we saw Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes did. He has that kind of talent. In terms of the leash length, I, I think that it'd be foolhardy to discuss anything before the 49ers bye week. And the 49ers bye week is really wonderfully situated right in the middle of the season. They'll have the entire month of September, The entire month of October, they'll play the Rams before the bye week. I believe it's a Monday Night Football game on October 30th. And then they have, you know, some time to think about it, some time to to take stock. That's halfway through the season. Uh, If that's unfair to Trey Lance, well, welcome to the NFL. Uh, Half a season is a pretty good chunk of time, a pretty nice sample size but I think it would have to be a cataclysmic event for him to not be the starter in the second half. It would have to be so obvious. It would have to be painfully obvious that he just doesn't have it. that there's not even a bar that he could reach. That's low uh, that, that he would have to lose it because we got to remember that Kyle Shanahan, who does get last say in all personnel matters here in San Francisco, Mm -hmm. despite what he might want to tell people, uh, they went all in on Trey Lance, three first round picks. They still got years of first round picks to pay off here for this Trey Lance deal. They can't just go and say after five or six games, like, eh, it's not great. So we're just going to go with Jimmy. We're just going to go back to this guy who, by the way, we didn't really want to keep around. We tried to trade to everybody. No one else in the NFL wanted, and we know can't win us the Super Bowl. Like (laughs) That's the baseline of their entire decision-making. They know Jimmy Garoppolo can't get them to where they want to go, which is to actually lift the Lombardi Trophy. And Trey Lance might not be able to either. In fact, it's more probable than not that he can't, but he could. Because we just don't know. He is still the unknown. You got to give a guy like that half a season, Mm -hmm. if not the entire season. I just don't think we can even start the conversation in earnest until that bye week, which is so wonderfully placed by the NFL. They really helped out the content creators in the world with that bye week. And I feel like there's
0: a lot of similarities between the relationship of Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney, and then Trey Lance mm-hmm. and Brandon Ayuk. Right? You've got Debo Samuel, who yeah. is like the the main guy, right? And last year, Allen Robinson was supposed to be the main guy, but he was mm-hmm. MIA for most of the season. He was playing, but he. <laughs> didn't really do anything so what is it about that relationship that these two guys have and how can that translate onto the field
1: well Brendan Ayuk has something that very few players in the NFL can boast which is sort of like an NBA body he has these freakishly long arms and it gives him an insane catch radius for a man who's not terribly tall he's only about six feet tall which I know isn't crazy in the modern speed NFL but it is very useful to have like seven foot long arms when they're <laughs> touching his ankles uh when he when he snaps So uh, sorry the, uh, trey lance has an extreme confidence that if he just puts it in the vicinity and by the way with trey lance's accuracy that's about all you're going to get just in the vicinity <laughs> uh of of brandon naive that he's going to catch it that's just a really nice thing to have especially because the 49ers uh compared to prior seasons i think are just going to be pushing it to the sidelines they have a quarterback who they trust that he won't throw a wobbler. It might not be accurate, but he won't throw a wobbler out to the sidelines begging for a cornerback in cover two or cover four to pick him off. So they have that now. They're going to be pushing to the sidelines. They're going to be pushing deep. This is a good situation for uh, the 49ers offense to really evolve. And Brandon Ayuk, I think, is a guy who, you know, a lot was a lot of meat was left on the bone when Jimmy Garoppolo was the quarterback. They, they, they worked out together, uh, Lance and, and Ayuk, this past offseason. But, it just feels like this offense is going to become a little bit more professional, a little bit more big league this season. They're going to run the ball a whole ton of a lot because they can run the ball with lance they're going to say 11 on 11 a lot because it's going to just be their buzzword and they're going to push the sidelines they're going to push it deep that's how most nfl offenses operate it's not how the 49ers have operated the 49ers over the last few years with jimmy garoppolo have operated entirely within the numbers they've been playing with half of a football field if even that maybe a quarter of the football field because over the top over the top of safeties, wasn't available to them with Jimmy Garoppolo's arm either. I think they're going to expand the field. Ayuk has a big opportunity to do that. And, you know, I, I think that we won't see an all-pro year from Debo Samuel, but it should be noted that Debo Samuel is going to have to change his roll-up a little bit with this team. Uh, and last year, the, the offense was pretty simply just get the ball to Debo. And the lack of mm. faith in Jimmy Garoppolo was such at the end of the season last year, that they're just like, we don't even trust you to throw the ball really fast to Debo Samuel. You have to now hand it to him, Jimmy. So I don't think that they're going to be doing that, but he could get involved in this option game that it seems as if they're working on on the side. And they seem to really be keen on having him as a deep threat. I'm not sure if that's going to work. But, you know, he could still do some pretty cool stuff because he's Devo Samuel and he's the ultimate gamer. They have really good wide receivers in San Francisco, and they think they have a quarterback that can reach them in all different parts of the field this year. And we'll see if that actually turns out to be the case.
0: You mentioned the uh, 49ers offensive line situation. The Bears is probably worse with zero time (laughs) to gel, not even half a training camp, barely, for some of them. That's right. Uh, How does the 49ers defense look this season? They were ranked 7th in defensive DVOA at the end of last season. How have they come Mm -hmm. together in the offseason, and is this going to be another great
1: 49ers defense? Great is a strong word, right? Because defense is something that I inherently don't trust year over year, but the Niners and the, the guys that they have that have just been stalwarts, and the way that they are able to uh, uh, sign players, attract players that fit exact roles, it, it, they really do a great job of being able to get some sustainability out of something that is generally not sticky. Um, you can go pretty much across the board. You look at the units on this team. I think that three out of the four units in a defense here have a chance to be arguably the best in the NFL. Their defensive line, led by Nick Bosa, is incredible. And that's been the, the, the hallmark of the 49ers defense since Bosa showed up. Uh, he'll always be getting to the quarterback. You then have uh, just uh, uh, 10 guys that, that are just going with their heads cut off, <laughs> just wild banshee men running at the quarterback. They get, they get pressure. They get sacks. The defensive line should be really, really good this year, at least against the pass. I have some questions against the run, but against the pass, they're going to get home a lot. And, uh, I do not envy Justin Fields this week. I don't envy any quarterback that the 49ers are going to face this year. You look at the linebackers, Fred Warner is as good a middle linebacker in this modern game as there is. I think that Aziz Alshair and Dre Greenlaw, uh, collectively those three, and I know most teams are a nickel most of the time, so you don't actually have three linebackers out there, but those three I, I would argue are the best linebackers in the NFL as a collective. They made a big upgrade this past offseason getting Charvarius Ward, the cornerback from Kansas City. He's as good of a press corner as I've laid eyes on, and we had Richard Sherman hanging out here for a long time. He was pretty good at that kind of stuff. Uh, he is impressive. I think uh, he might be one of the most underrated players in the NFL. Him and Emmanuel Mosley, who's just a super freak athlete, who's always just been right on the cusp of breaking out, couldn't really stay healthy long enough to really get that recognition – that could be a wildly impressive one too at cornerback. Some questions at Nickelback. And now the big question for the Niners' defense as it pertains to the Bears is safety. Jimmy Ward uh, is one of the better players in the NFL. I think he was one of those top 100 players uh, that the NFL put out this year. He's their free safety. He does it all. They have Talanoga Hufanga from USC next to him. There's some real questions on what he can do, especially in coverage. But Ward is so good that they can get away with a lot. But Ward is out for the first four weeks with just a a horrific hamstring pull, like a grade three. It just sounds terrible. And it's probably going to be a thing that lingers the entire year. And they don't really have a backup there. And I'm someone who personally believes that safeties are destiny in the modern NFL. And you just got Talanoga, Hufanga, and like a special teams dude out there at free safety against the Bears. If Justin Fields can stay alive long enough, he might have a chance to really push it down the field uh, because I'm really worried about the 49ers' safety situation. And if there's an Achilles' heel on any defense in the modern passing game, it's safety play, uh, and the 49ers are starting off at a – pretty significant disadvantage without Jimmy Ward back there. So that's something to keep an eye on. That's the one thing that you could make the argument. And I think I will make the argument. In fact, uh, we'll keep them from being an elite defense this year, but otherwise, man, they got the dudes and uh, all, but Ward are healthy going into week one. So pretty impressive stuff.
0: Dieter Kernbach from the Mercury news, joining me on Black and Abdallah now, you, did it. you were an intern here. You're from here. People might not know this, but you're yeah. from here. You were an intern here okay. at ESPN 1000 a long time ago. We're all getting old. Um, but <laughs> from the outside looking in, what do you think of what the Bears have done this offseason, bringing in a new front office, new coaching staff, second year of Justin Fields? What do you make of the yeah. Bears this season? Well,
1: I mean, it's better late than never to start a rebuild, right? Like, geez, like, it doesn't make any sense to me. They're all in on Justin Fields in concept and yet now they're going to do two things that are totally incongruent with that. One, I- I've known Matt Eberflus for a long time, so when I was an intern at the SBA 1000, I was also going to the University of Missouri, and Matt Eberflus was the defensive coordinator for the University of Missouri at that time. I know Matt Eberflus. I think he's a really good guy, and I think he's a really good defensive coordinator, and I think he has a chance to be a really good head coach, but I don't know if now is the time for Matt Eberflus to be a really good head coach. And I certainly don't think that the Bears environment is a good place for Matt Eberflus to be a head coach because it's all about Justin Fields. Quarterbacks are absolutely destiny. I might have weird harebrained theories about safeties. We know that quarterbacks are everything in the modern NFL. <laughs> and Justin Fields has to work. He has to work. It's just Bears fans are tired of not having a quarterback that they can trust. And he has the talent to be that kind of dude and so instead of going and doing what every other logical smart team in the NFL, I think has done over the last seven, eight, nine years, which is get an offensive minded head coach who can call you plays, who can work with your quarterback in a head coach and quarterback league, having those two tied at the hip. They got Matt Eberflus, a defensive minded head coach. What defensive minded head coaches are working in the modern NFL? What defensive minded head coaches are you like? Oh, that team's definitely a Super Bowl contender. I can't think of one. It didn't work with Vic Fangio in Denver. I mean, uh, you can, uh, Robert Sowell's not working it, it with the Jets. You can bet on the Patriots all you want. I won't be doing that with Bill Belichick. It's kind of funny. He loses Tom Brady, and suddenly it all starts to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Like, defensive-minded – I mean, even even the Steelers have taken a couple of steps back. With uh, with Mike Tomlin. like, defensive-minded head coaches I don't think work. Pete Carroll's doing great up in Seattle. Like, it just doesn't work, and I don't understand – I mean, this is the Bears through and through, but I just don't understand – why they're going this bold in the wrong direction. Uh, if you want to rebuild, that's cool, but by the time you're now rebuilt, Justin Fields is going to be on his second contract if it works out with Justin Fields. Or you just wasted that most valuable rookie contract that he's on because you didn't get it right with this head coach. It's just the left hand is not talking with the right hand, and the left foot is not talking with the right foot. and It's just a hot mess, and maybe it'll all be okay by the time they're in, they're in Arlington <laughs> Heights. But, like... I'm just I, I'm flabbergasted at how incongruent the plan seems to be for the Chicago Bears or how little faith they have in Justin Fields, which that that just doesn't seem right from my perspective.
0: I think the philosophy is that they do have a lot of faith in Justin Fields and that they just needed someone who is in control of the room because Matt Nagy was not, right? Like the bears, bears there. the bears have it's gone, not a bar, though. no, it's not, but they've always gone to the complete opposite. You know, like Tressman didn't work. So they went with John right. Fox, John Fox, didn't yeah. work. So they went with Matt Nagy and now Matt Nagy yeah. didn't work. So then they go with Matt Eberflus. And so, I mean, maybe, maybe they should have principles instead of
1: just saying, Oh, we're so bad at this. We have to do the exact opposite every time. Like they yeah. can come up with like, an actual concept of what you're looking for in a head coach, instead of oh, just not that guy, because they're never going to get married if they're constantly on the rebound. Like they're just constantly dating rebounds, and that's just not how you you get a long term relationship. It it just it's reactionary and nonsensical. And I mean, there's everyone says that the NFL is all about parity and the salary cap should keep everybody in line, but like the Jaguars stink year in and year out, and the Bears can never seem to get a quarterback and head coach right at the same time, and it's just like. I don't know. It's it's pretty shambolic from from the outside. Yeah, I think also. I hope I hope hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong because I like Iberflus. I like Fields, and I want Bears fans to be happy. Like legitimately be happy. And I think they might cover this week. So maybe maybe that's a good start. And I think the hope is
0: that Luke Getzey is kind of the the guy. Like he is the offensive genius.
1: Yeah, and then, then, you, leave, for and then coaching, you find
0: yeah. another offensive coordinator. I mean, come on, they're yeah, that's they're, so coming, easy mean, like they're coming. I mean, they're coming out of
1: college a dime a dozen these days, aren't they? The next <laughs> off the next hot offensive mind. That's the same argument people are going to be making about quarterbacks by the time we decide to move on from Justin Fields, right? Like, uh, oh, well, absolutely. there's so many quarterbacks these days. Well, like, no, no, I mean, there aren't.
0: You're, they're either well, here, here in Chicago, they're either I'm of the I'm of the philosophy that they're going to win seven games. They'll win one more game than they okay. did with Nagy, right? And then there's people that are saying <laughs> they're either going to make the playoffs or they're going to be drafting the other quarterback out of Ohio State next year because Fields yeah. ain't the guy. And it's like, okay, well, we're going to do this every year now. Let me,
1: let me throw something at you, because I, I, the Bears are so dysfunctional, at least from the outside perspective, that they're the only team in the NFL that seemingly was able to make the playoffs with both a crappy quarterback and a crappy head coach. Like, how is that possible? Defense, man. Either one. Defense. I mean, Fangio. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's about it, and honestly, I'm, I'm barely buying that. Like, that's the other thing, too, with this okay, you're rebuilding around Justin Fields. Maybe you rebuild the offense so that Justin Fields can sort of develop with some young guys and do some stuff cheap there. But just, like, getting rid of a lot of good defensive players doesn't seem to be a good policy if you need that defense to hold up your offense because you're rebuilding on offense. Like, this poor guy. Circumstances so much in the NFL. And I just feel like Justin Fields, it it was so promising at the beginning. There was such a chance for this to actually work. And it just feels like the Bears are doing everything, non-deliberately, I should note, to sabotage his NFL career. There's a lot of guys who are really talented and could have been something if they had gone to the right place. And I feel like Justin Fields is going to be added to that list and it's like that's so de- that's so depressing yeah. and disappointing
0: well the hope is that the young guys that they drafted on defense will work out they got rid of all they're carrying all this dead money this year so next year they have over a hundred million dollars in cap space they have all their yep. draft picks finally again after clearing up whatever ryan pace was doing so now ryan Poles <laughs> right. can go out and find talent so the philosophy yep. is that if they can win seven or eight games this year and be like in the hunt graphic for the entire year yeah. then they spend yep. that money next year they draft well then they can make the playoffs next year. Because if you have the quarterback, and we both believe that Justin Fields can be that guy, he's talented he enough can to be, be that yeah. guy, then you're set, right? Like, you have the offense. Yeah. As long as you add the pieces, he can be the guy. And then you can be a playoff team
1: by next year. That's the hope here, at least. That's that. That's a great idea. I mean, legitimately, it, it's that's, that's a really fun concept. Yeah, and it's the hope that and, kills you, right? Uh, it's just like I, I, I've been around the NFL too long to expect anything to go according to plan. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan thought he was going to have Kirk Cousins and he <laughs> thought he was going to have Matt Stafford. And here he is. And, he, and they thought they were going to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. And here they are with Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo as a backup. Like plans are great in concept and pragmatism is what actually wins in the NFL Head coaches, quarterbacks, apparently safeties and pragmatism. that That's what wins. And <laughs> I'm just not feeling good. I'm not feeling good about the Bears. And it, it hurts me because it, it hurts so many people close to me and they deserve to be happy.
0: Yeah. David, this was fun. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate your time. Anytime, Adam.